good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Adam, and today I am talking to myself. Rather, I should say this morning at the time that I'm recording it, but who knows? It may be daytime for you, which is why I say those three things in my greeting. Um, and today, I really wanted to talk about fear, specifically irrational fears and where they come from and what what the kind of fears are out there. You know, again, I'm not I'm not an expert. I'm not somebody who dives into this stuff and studies it every day and went to college for it and has a degree. <laughs> uh, yep. But I am curious. I'm a curious person. And um, so I'll be sharing with you a couple of weird phobias or fears that I've had, uh, one of which is quite embarrassing. Um, might be the only one I share, really, because I'm, I'm not afraid of much. Uh, but there are some just irrational things that I know that are weird. You know, and we'll explore kind of social phobias, uh, general, just specific phobias, and just overall just common phobias that I think some of which are not phobias at all, and some of them are, are, are so common that you think, wow, how can anybody be so afraid of these things? So starting off, I wanted to share with you a story. It's a little bit of an embarrassing one, and I don't, I don't think I've told it on an episode yet, and if I have, for those of you who might not have remembered, here it is again. Uh, so talking about fears, or, you know, and, and when I say fear, I don't mean, like, something that is so debilitating, or something that, like, if you see it, you're, like, terrified of it, although that is something that we'll discuss. Uh, but, uh, but a fear can just be something that makes you nervous, something that you're, like, uneasy around, something that you, you know, w- would much rather be doing something else than to t- think about, talk about, or, or, you know, discuss in general. Um... So having said that, this this fear I had, uh, I used to have a bit of an uneasiness with rice, particularly white or brown rice, uh, the most common forms of, of rice. Uh, never never met jasmine till this year. Uh, very cute rice, jasmine. Um, <laughs> but um, what what had happened was um, I didn't get over my fear or uneasiness around rice until embarrassingly my 20s sometime in my earlier 20s I think I got past it maybe it was mid 20s so here's what happened here's a little funny story for you Uh, when I was a little boy uh, growing up uh, I had a family of seven I had two brother two brothers and two sisters I was the middle child and I had my parents Uh, and you know we grew up poor we didn't have a whole lot of money Uh, parents worked paycheck to paycheck a lot Um, and so we ate, we ate kind of the same things all the time. If we didn't eat out at like McDonald's or, or Long John Silver's, if you know what that is, um, we were usually eating, you know, a lot of fried food. You know, that was the easiest thing for her to make. So my mom would make a lot of French fries, you know, any potato-based things, um, scallop potatoes, a lot of potatoes. We were an Irish family after all, um, and a Scottish one. Uh, you know, she made, we had a lot of pizza, a lot of cheese-based things, you know, just like stuff that's real easy to make in the microwave or in the oven, sometimes lasagnas, pizza, you know, simple Italian stuff. Um, and then one day, my mom made, she made a few things, but rice was on the menu, and it was brown rice, and I never had rice before. So I was seven or eight years old. I, it was before I'd moved, so I'm, I'm guessing I was around seven, maybe a little bit younger. And uh, my mom had given us rice, and I was so excited to eat rice. I'd never had it before, and it was wonderful and easy to eat. You know, as Mitch Hedberg said once, you know, rice is good if you're hungry and you want to eat a thousand of something. Or was it ten thousand? Anyway, you want to eat a lot of something. And um, so I was so excited, I asked for seconds, and I ate those seconds. And most of the way through the seconds, I felt like I had to pee very, very badly. And um, I said, hey, Mom, I can't, I can't hold it. Like, I got to... 
I gotta go. And she says, you know, and my dad was in the bathroom at the time. She says, well, I think your dad's, your dad's showering. Go ahead in and, you know, just tell him it's an emergency and just go in. And I was like, okay, if you, if you say so. So I knocked and my dad yelled to come in. I went in. He wasn't in the shower. He was actually shaving. Got fresh out of the shower, you know. He was clothed. Don't worry. Um, but he was shaving. And I was like, uh, dad, I'm sorry. I really have to go. And he says, well, go ahead. So then I was in a conundrum. Do I? You know, I was a little boy. And I was like, my dad's right here. I was like, if I sit down and pee, he's going to think I'm a loser. So I have to show him that I can stand up and pee like a big boy. And so I did. And lo and behold, my dad noticed. And he caught me, caught me out of the corner of his eye in the mirror. And he says, why are you standing up to pee now? And I don't know if I said what, or if I said huh, or if I said yeah, or excitedly. I can't remember exactly what I said. But I had turned toward him and just blasted him. Blasted him with all sorts of urine <laughs> and my freshly cleaned father freaked out so this whole thing I thought I want my dad to be proud of me I want him to think that I'm cool I want him to think that I'm a big boy I turned around and I piss all over him and pretty much scarred myself and my dad said get the hell out of here and just I ran out and uh, I don't remember what happened after that but I remember blaming the rice I, I grew up thinking that rice made me pee on my dad you know, and, and it's such a dumb, <laughs> dumb thing. But for the longest time, anytime somebody would offer me rice, I wouldn't eat it in anything. I'd be like, no, 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 no rice for me. And there was this little voice in the back of my head that said, if you eat this, you're going to pee on your dad. And it wasn't just that you're going to pee yourself. It's that you're going to pee on your dad. Your dad is going to materialize somewhere. <laughs> you're, you're going to urinate all over him or on a dad figure. I don't know. Um, and it took me years literal years to get over this weird fear of this stupid irrational event that it just wouldn't happen you know uh it took me until i went to a store one day and i saw these meals that were prepped and i was trying to eat healthier and i said oh adam rice is very good for you and i was like ah rice so i was like you know what maybe i just eat it on the toilet and then we'll see what happens you know so i bought it and i ate it and it was very delicious it's like man i'm missing out i love rice so easy so good so simple love it um, and this was only maybe five years ago, <laughs> so it wasn't my early 20s, it was definitely my mid-20s, and, you know, you know your whole adult life, you're like, obviously, I know better, rice, if anything, is an absorbent, it doesn't make you pee, but that's what happened to me, like, this dumb thing, spawning my guess, is from me wanting approval from my father, and then it backfiring, you know, and I needed something to blame, something outward, that I could just, like, it wasn't my fault, it wasn't that I was just a clumsy kid that didn't know how to hold his wiener and stand up at the same time. <laughs> it was that the rice did it. I ate rice, and it, it screwed me over. It fucked me. And I, it took me a really long time um, to get over that. And, um, you know, I, I bring this up. Camille, is it funny? And it's a little amusing to me still now. Um, but fears... Sometimes people are afraid of things, and they know it's stupid. They know it's irrational. They know a lot of these situations could 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 never happen. You know, taking a sip. Mm -mm. You know, hear my cup whistle at me. It always whistles when I suck on it. Sometimes. Well, that is a weird sentence. Continuing on. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, you know, you know that these things are are silly at times. Um, but yet, here we are, you know, we, we, we can't help it. So I got to thinking, and I went over, kind of thinking, like, all right, well, where, where are some of these fears come from? What are they? So I got to read, and I found an article um, that kind of talks about the different types of phobias, and um, 
you know, how some of them are more physical and, and a little bit more understanding. But there's like, some people also talk about how like, people are more afraid of sharks than they are dying in a car, in a car crash. Which is crazy, because there's people who will never go in the ocean, but are, are prone to accidents, or, or would be much more, every time you drive, you're at risk. Because even if you're the world's greatest driver, somebody else can come and just ruin your day, paralyze you, kill you, ruin you, you would inadvertently kill them just because of a bad decision they made. Um, but everybody's afraid of sharks, you know? And while spiders are common, you know, you're less likely to die by spider bite than you are um, by a car crash. And a lot of these fears, they say, can become self-fulfilling because you, you make up these things. Like, people hurt themselves over their fears. Like, if a spider's in their house, they'll freak out, they'll run, they'll grab something sharp, whatever. You know, just run irrationally, hurt themselves, break something, kill themselves. People do crazy things when they finally have to come face to face with something that they're afraid of. Um, you know, but, but you know, I, I just think it's, it's interesting how we, you know, uh, it's so irrational for someone who's like afraid of a spider to, you know, how many people are after you. Again, if you think about the size of a spider for a second, if you, if you, if they put you in, in the spider, if you're afraid of spiders, a lot of people are in a boxing match and they're like, all right, kick his ass. You know what I mean? Like some people would never go near it. They'd freak out. You know, it's not going to come get you. It's not going to crawl in your face. Um, when you're laying down, like you're much, much bigger than it. Just step on it, punch it, capture it, whatever. Uh, but the moment people see it, it's just, they, I've, I have friends who are full grown men who paralyze. They, they, they are just stricken. Uh, I remember a time when I was a kid, uh, actually it wasn't a kid, it was probably like, probably, probably right around between 17 and 19 actually, so young enough. And I was with my best friend in his basement, and we had to go upstairs because his mom yelled down to us that, you know, she had made some food, so. We were going upstairs, and my buddy, his name is Chris, he stops in front of me and won't move, and he starts biting on his finger, and I was like, his knuckle. I was like, dude, get the hell out of my way, man, there's like sandwiches up there. And he, he just, he won't talk, and I was like, why won't you freaking move, you turd? And he starts pointing at the stairs, like, and I'm like, dude, I'm, be I'm below you, like, I don't, I don't see what you're doing. So I push him out of the way, and he keeps pointing at this spider, um, and he won't talk, he just, he, he wouldn't even step over it, he's a super tall dude. And he could have easily stepped over this thing, and I could have just brushed the spider down the stairs. I ended up having to catch it um, and take it outside. Because I don't like to kill spiders, so I can help it. I don't like to kill anything, really. But I, I'll never forget, just, he, he just, he would, he tried to smile through it because his friend was there. But he could not, he could not step over the spider. He, he wouldn't. You know, all of a sudden, because the spider was on a stair that was slightly above the foot that he was on, it's a taller spider now. He just, he couldn't. He couldn't, he couldn't do it. I remember thinking, like, holy crap, like, I can't believe that, I never knew that he was afraid of spiders. Like, I've known him for years, and I was like, how do I not know that you're terrified of spiders? And his mother was too, but she would often get them out before he would have to deal with them. Um, you know, I just, I just find that interesting how, how you know, you know, you, you're like, you know what, it just, then you justify it, and that's the hard thing, is when you justify your fears, when you're like, you know what, Maybe they're not irrational, and then you try to rationalize all these reasons. Like, I'm afraid of sharks, but I never go in the ocean. Yeah, but what if? Or what if I go to the zoo and one of them happens to break out and its mouth lands on my face or something? Like, just you start to make up any of these what-if instances. Like, hey, you know what? Better safe than sorry. I'm not going to go near that shark tank. That's why. You know? Um, 
you know, and in, in this article, um, it's actually from The Guardian, which I think The Guardian has some pretty fun stuff on here sometimes. Uh, they specify into three major categories of, of phobias. They have agoraphobia, social phobias, and specific phobias. Social phobias meaning like different types of interactions, how people may judge you. Specific phobias, like we're talking like arachnophobia and things. And then agoraphobia, which is an interesting one, where you're afraid to be in a situation where you won't have an escape if you need one. Um, so that one's a very interesting one. And all these kind of have their own blanket terms and subcategories that come with them. Um, but it's kind of interesting. And they talk about how, like, usually social phobias are a fear of rejection or judgment or, you know, how we how we are calibrated. And they, they, they talk about how some of these fears, whether they're social, specific, or otherwise, how because we're smart human beings and we learn from watching others, that if we see, let's just say, we grow up and we see our mother freaking out every time a wasp flies in the house, right? Even though she, even if she's not allergic, right? She's just afraid. A bee flies in, a wasp flies in, some sort of stinging creature flies in. She'll panic, run around, swing around, you know, throw stuff, whatever it was. You know, you can learn that behavior and and train your brain and your fight or flight um, reaction to think, ooh, wasps are bad, bees are bad, I need to run away from them because that is what my parental figure does. And if my parental figure is afraid, I too, as a small man, small child, little boy, must also be afraid. Um, and so you learn them. You learn them from seeing, you know, from this uh, this conditioning of just like you you see it, you mimic it, you know? It's the same way that I learned a lot of my favorite swear words when I was a little kid because my uncles and cousins would say all sorts of dirty things when I was around and I'd hear it and be like, oh, those are funny words. <laughs> and they would laugh when I say them. So I'm like, oh, they must be cool, you know? Um, and the other ones are what they call classical conditioning where... Um, you experience something bad, you associate the bad experience with the thing that you experience, or that, that, that you're afraid of, and then you become afraid of that thing. So, you know, my rice story, <laughs> you know, I associated eating rice with something that, a feeling that I had in that time frame. And so I thought to myself, clearly it must have been the rice. The rice is the only thing that was new in my life at the time, and I've peed a thousand times and never peed on my father, and then... I've even peed standing up before, but never in front of my dad. But it wasn't that I was nervous or I didn't know how to handle myself. It was because I had something outlying that I needed to uh, hang that label on. And then lo and behold, there it was. Uh, and I find that fascinating because it's like so... It's, it's, it's so powerful. Like how interesting that it... I don't know. I just think it's crazy that some little thing that's like when you look at it and you can laugh at it you're like well of course that's what it is of course that's what happens or even if it's a big thing you know like some people are afraid of car crashes because they've been in one you know it's, it's, it's something like that that's potentially life-threatening you know sure i get it i do um but i always try to realize that no matter how minor or how big an incident was uh, i learned that you know i used to be a lot more harsh about this but I, I, I always try to keep in mind that what may be a mountain or what may be a molehill to me is a very possible um, a mountain to somebody else. You know, to me, spiders are nothing. You know, I just pick them up with something and carry them out. Um, I don't pick them up with my bare hands because some of them do bite, and you know, I don't I don't want to get their venom in me and be all itchy and shit. But you know, I find something to pick them up. I got this cool little bug catcher at work that I use. It's super cool. Um, everybody loves it when bugs are in there now. They save more bugs now that we have it. 
which is also great. Um, but I know that that is very scary for a lot of people to, to even go near one and their instinct is either kill it or run from it or scream and get someone else to do it. And they used to get really angry and be like, are you serious? Just like deal with it, you turd. But to them, that is a mountain that is frightening, that is insurmountable, that is pain. Um, and I needed, needed to realize that it's okay that, you know, some people have fears that I don't. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people that would look at me and say, dude, actually I know people that said this, they'd be like, dude, eat the rice, just eat the flipping rice, man, like, what are, you, what are you talking about, are you allergic, they'd be like, are you allergic to rice, and I'm like, no, <laughs> they'd be like, do you not like how it tastes, I'm like, no, well, why won't you eat it, and you realize how, I mean, again, I don't get embarrassed easily, but it's not good dinner talk if you're at a dinner table at a guest house or something, and you're like, well, you know, I peed on my dad once, you know, they're gonna be like, you freaking moron, just eat the food. And some people would not be very kind to me about it. You know, they try to shove rice in my face and they're like, no. You know, in hindsight, I'm like, yeah, that was kind of silly, wasn't it? Um, but, you know, I just think it's interesting to examine these things sometimes because, um, you know, you, you, you just don't know. Like, I used to get really angry when, you know, like I have friends who, uh, when we go out to eat, they would, they would not tell the waiter or waitress if something was wrong with their food. They would just sit there and stew in it or pick all the things off that they didn't want. And sometimes it was like, if there's pickles on it, just take off the pickles and eat your burger or whatever, fine. If it's undercooked or if it has too much sauce on it, like sauce you can't get off no matter how hard you try. Just like, call them up and say, hey, could you, could you get me one, another one or something? I used to get really angry with them because that was really hard for them. And so I would say, do you want me to do it? And sometimes they'd say yes, and other times they'd say, no, 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 I don't want you to do that. Because they get embarrassed. You know? Um, and, you know, ultimately everybody kind of got out of it, and I'd always get permission before I'd ask. And sometimes I'd, I'd ask anyway. I say always, but I'm lying. Sometimes. Other times I would just say, hey, you know what? Can you can you get them another burger? I want them to have a good experience here. They think they're inconveniencing you. Um, I stopped doing that when I realized I'd get embarrassed. I'd be like, hey, you know what? Can I get another burger? And I'd make up an excuse, like, oh, well, they were going to split with me, but I don't really like whatever's on it. Could we have another one? And ultimately, they'd thank me later. But again, I used to get so annoyed until I realized that, like, they're very socially awkward. They're very socially, they're comfortable with people that they already know. But with strangers or anybody in service, they feel bad about asking them to do something that is designated in their job. I was like, it's not like you're being a dick. You're not throwing a fit. You're not screaming. You're not swearing at them. You're not threatening their tip. They're just saying, hey, when you have a second, would you mind? Most people are grateful, but they they would struggle. And uh, it took me a while to really get comfortable with the idea. I was like, you know what? They're adults. I'll ask them if they tell me that they don't want me to change it and they'll make a good reason. I'm like, you know what? I don't believe you, but it's your choice. You know, I understand that you are scared. And if you don't want me to help you with this, it's hard for me not to, but I'll, I'll do what you need me to do so that you can be comfortable in this situation. And then sometimes they would change it, but anyway, like I think uh, it's so crazy that um, you know you you just learn these weird survival ticks because of like some sort of innate fear or a dumb experience, something you might not even be able to recognize or or, or account for, which is I think it's pretty like I said earlier, fascinating is probably the best word. I find it very fascinating that. Some sometimes very minute things or subconscious things can prevent you from taking risk or prevent you from going somewhere or prevent you from 
talking to somebody um, because of these, these fears that you know in your brain. Like I, I think that's what's, what, what fascinates me the most is that you know. More often than not, you know that it's rational. You know that you will not die, that there will be no harm. But because your brain thinks, well, there might be. There may be a chance that this could make me feel so terrible that I'm never going to leave my house or that I could be poisoned or that this rice would make me piss myself again and my dad would show up and I'd piss on him. You know, there's like a very small party that says, what if? What if this happened? And your brain gets stuck in this loop of possibilities that are improbable or even impossible, but you still will listen to that 1% or that 0% idea every time. Uh, and that's just, that's crazy to me. Like, like I want to bring up something else real quick. Um, they say, like, homophobia, Islamophobia, all these more social, uh, religious, uh, color phobias, you know, whatever, um, orientation phobias. You know, those are not phobias. Those are prejudice, uh, prejudices, so to speak. Uh, but people often say phobia, and I always wondered, why do we say phobia? I don't think that they are afraid of somebody who is gay. I don't think that they are afraid of somebody who is, is, is Islamic, or worships Islam, right? Or practices that. Um, but they are afraid of something. Are they afraid of what they... Are they afraid that they're gay? If they talk to somebody who's gay, are they, are they not secure in themselves? Um... You know, and Islam, anybody who, who worships anything outside of Christianity, they think like, oh, they're terrorists, you know. And again, they're not afraid of that religion. They're not afraid of you as a person. They're afraid of of their life being disrupted. They're afraid of some catastrophic event that is less than likely to happen just because you happen to worship that. When again, people of all religions have killed over their religions and others for thousands of years. But again, you're not afraid of somebody who's gay. You're not afraid of somebody who worships another god. You know, there's something else. And that's why, like, I think it's stupid to call those phobias, because it's not, they're not phobias at all when you think about it right there. Um, but even then, like, a lot of these things are so irrational. Like, what is somebody who's gay, how are they hurting you? Like, if a gay couple moves in next door, like, how, how is that couple hurting you? Are those two girls, are those two guys, are they, are they going to come over and try to convert you? Is that what you're afraid of? Are they going to come over and be nice to you? I mean, what, what is it? Um, but again, like, even though I think that's silly to be afraid of that or to have nervousness when you're around somebody who's different than you, to those people, and I'm not trying to justify it that it's right, but I'm trying to understand it, and I think to those people there is something. There is something that they are afraid of. What is it? Um, you're not afraid of being gay. You're, or maybe you are. I don't know. But they're afraid of something, and they need to find something rational to make the, their fear or their nervousness sound okay. You know? Like, for me, I'm thinking, you know what? I eat that rice. There's a chance. There's a chance. Maybe my dad won't show up, but he'll call. He'll call the moment I eat it and be like, hey, what are you up to? I'm just like, I just pissed myself because you called. You know, like, <laughs> or, you know, I don't know. You just think, like, well, it's possible. It's absolutely possible that that's going to be what happened. Or, you know what, maybe I'll eat it for a while, and I'll get comfortable with it, and then Dad will come over to visit. I'm like, hey, Dad, check it out. I made rice. And you never know. 
some things some things happen in your brain that you just can't can't um, you, you just can't get over you can't you can't get past I, sh- I shouldn't say can't but it's it's difficult um, but you know that was kind of what I wanted to get into a little bit which is like you know how how it's so easy to I, I think the message that I want to get through today is it's it's easy to discount other people's fears when they are not your own um, and while some of them may seem unjustified, like, again, I wouldn't say, like, homophobia is a real phobia, but there's probably something else that they're afraid of, um, but, you know, people who are afraid of spiders, or people who are afraid of sharks when they go into the ocean, or people who, you know, are, are afraid of being on a plane, Wh- whatever it is, like, there's always some rationality to it, and some of them may make more sense to you than others, but if you're not afraid of them, you can try to help them through it, but don't do it like I used to do, and just, like, throw them in the deep end, because not everybody reacts well to that, as I've learned. Uh, some people do, some people don't. Light and immersion therapy is better than just kicking them in the deep end and hoping that they swim. But I hope that you understand that, and I hope that we can continue to talk about these kind of things together, um, and, you know, just take a couple breaths when you're like, oh, I don't get you, I don't understand you, why are you afraid of this, why Why is this happening, why, why can't you go out, why can't you socialize, why can't you this, why can't you that? Um, because more often than not, they can't answer that question. And if you really think about some of the things you're afraid of, maybe you can't either. At least answer it logically. Um, so try to understand each other a little bit better. I think I think we'll have a much hunkier and dorier <laughs> world in which we will live. Uh, that's it for now. Um, it's pushing 2 a.m. at the time that I'm recording this, and I think it's about time for me to settle down. But for you guys, you're probably just starting your day or maybe just winding down. Either way, I appreciate that you allow me into your ear holes, um, and let me talk at you and talk to you and to myself while I'm at it. So, um, so I want to give a special shout out to one of my listeners, uh, uh, Melissa. Thank you for um, helping me design my new my new logo for my podcast. I'm super excited about it. It's very colorful. I dig it. it makes me feel good, but excited and excited at the same time. Uh, so, thank you for that. Uh, and, uh, thank you for, um, another one of my listeners, uh, his name's Brian, he gave me a lot of good feedback on my, on my latest episodes and some things that I sh- could work on and, and gave me some really solid motivation to keep going, so thank you for that, and for everybody else who's been listening, uh, thank you so much for helping me out and for getting through the end and, and supporting me. I know this is still a small podcast and it's got a long ways to go, but, um, Knowing that I have even just a couple of people out there who will listen and hear me is very motivating uh, and very exciting. Um, I'm working on a Twitter handle uh, right now, so I think I released a couple episodes out of order. So some of them are probably going to give you an email that are not correct. Um, but just look for one that's called Shares A Lot coming up soon. Ignore the other ones. Uh, I probably gave you a, a bad email. Uh, but, you know, you'll figure it out. You're smart people. Uh, so just look for shares a lot. I'm thinking about making a Facebook page too, but Twitter's probably a little bit easier. Um, so I'm going to go with that, and then um, you guys can give me feedback there too. But lastly, but certainly not least, uh, if you wouldn't mind uh, giving me a rating, if you already haven't, that would be awesome. Uh, and be honest, if you think it's only a four-star podcast, you tell me why. If you think it's only one, I'd love to hear why. Uh, whatever I can do to make this more enjoyable for you. But that's it for now. Um, time for Betty Bye for me. But in the meantime, as always, and sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, I hope that you are taking care of your mind, 
taking care of your hearts, and most importantly, take care of each other, be good to one another, compliment somebody, it'll go a long way. Um, and I'll talk to all you people soon. And hopefully, you're conquering some of those fears. Until we talk next.